At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. What's poppin' congregation? It's your girl, Scam Goddess, a.k.a. Lacey Mosley, and we're back with another installation of Scam Goddess, the podcast all about robbery, fraud, and those who practice it, honey. If you know the show, you know that I am. Yes, very excited. Come on, keep our Blue's Clues scam relationship, parasocial relationship up. Love it for all of us. All right, besties. Right now, I'm about to bring on a real treat. Like, this is about to be, like, the most audio delicious voice you have ever heard. I know y'all are tired of me screeching, so you're welcome. We have a hilarious writer, producer, and comedian on the show. He was a writer on Saturday Night Live. Yes, that SNL. And he wrote for Chris Rock when he hosted the 2016 Academy Awards. Check out his new self-produced hour stand-up special, Thank You, China, which premiered June 3rd on his YouTube channel. Honey, congregation, please, guys. Welcome, Nimesh Patel, to the show. Nimesh, you've been already so wonderful and so patient. Um, I had everything go wrong uh, right before I opened the computer for this recording, so I thank you for your patience. Of course. Thank you for having me. Nimesh, um, normally I just hop right into it, but real quick, I'm just a little curious. Okay, your special is called Thank You, China. It is called Thank You, China. Yes, but you're not Chinese, right? I'm definitely not Chinese. (laughs) Okay, so I'm already interested there. And, you, and this is, can be found on YouTube. It's called, yes, it's on YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel. It's called Thank You China because I'm giving away the joke, but I've been on this tour because of TikTok. And so a lot of people think I'm thanking China and like being like subversive about them oh. causing COVID, but really it's just TikTok. Not that at all. You know what I mean? Okay, I love that. I love a title that's a scam. <laughs> exactly. It's a, <laughs> it's a, an unintended double entendre. Yes. Well, okay. Nimesh, what is your relationship with scams? We always ask everyone on this podcast, like, do you, have you ever been scammed? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Where are you at on the spectrum? It could be anything. You could tell me if you've been scammed. Uh, I think I've been scammed because I did vector marketing when I was in medical, middle school, which is like... Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, you had a job in middle school? It wasn't middle school or high school. It would have been like very early in my teens. Okay. Uh, was this company called Vector Marketing. Uh, they sold Cutco knives. Mm-hmm. We, we love a Cutco. Yeah. So I think I did. I mean, I did that. And then like two days later, someone's like, yo, that's like basically a pyramid scheme or whatever it is. So I was like, oh, okay. Let, let me get out of this thing. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just, just like sell knives and recruit other people to help sell knives just seemed such a wild ass endeavor. Yeah, that's an MLM right there. But wait, yeah, did you ever go? Did you ever like pull up on anybody's crib like with a knife set or no? Of course, I was like, you want you want some of this? No, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, they go to your family first, and so um... it's like your parents maybe. Your my parents fucking supported the shit out of me. They went and bought like the biggest set. We still have those knives, but that was like <laughs> that was my biggest sale. Was my parents. <laughs> the, I love supportive parent. I feel like yeah. if you're a stand-up or you do anything in comedy, like if, God bless if you get supportive parents, because if not, it's very hard. Yeah. Um, wait, so you were sold these knives to your family. Were, are the knives giving? Like, are the knives good? They are fantastic knives. Uh, that's the thing. They are. They're very good. That's a very good knife. It's a high quality knife, um, and that's from like a layman's perspective. I'm not a chef or anything, but from somebody who's just using it regularly, it's like an excellent knife because I've had shitty knives you know so that's my comparison i don't know if they're like japanese steel or anything like that but they are they do the job a lot better than regular knives okay back to marketing y'all need to get him back (laughs) because he's still selling (laughs) he's still giving he's still giving for the vector girls i love that i also love calling your company marketing when really you're like uh, wanting people to like door-to-door sale or like exactly exactly that's what it is no it's a beautiful 
beautiful thing they got going on and everyone knows about it at least in jersey so they're doing something legal you know? right yeah technically it's still legal it's just how like LuLaRoe can still operate even though they know that they were making all them housewives get their homegirls involved in a Ponzi scheme <laughs> Lula, well, I've never heard of this so LuLaRoe is the company that makes all those ugly ass leggings and um, basically they started being like work from home queen be your own boss girl mm-hmm. boss and so they got women involved and it started with them just selling leggings and having a little legging party like you pull up with a little rosé and you buy yourself some heart-shaped I, leggings. I had no idea this was going on. Yeah. But then slowly, LuLaRoe started being like, okay, yeah, it's cute to sell the leggings, but what if y'all also um got your friends involved and your family and took out mortgages on your home? What about that? What about that? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's what they would do. That's, that's like Avon, though, isn't it? Yeah, because you had to buy the inventory up front. And they also had a good trick. You never had to show people what they were purchasing. It just came in a box and you had to slang it, whatever it was. It's still going on? Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it's still going on. Because it's not technically illegal. Right. It just feels icky. Yeah, because it is. It's nothing wrong It's predatory. It's a scam. Well... Let's get into our first segment here. What's hot and fried? This is where we warn our listeners about popping scams in the zeitgeist or more or not. We get a letter from you guys. As always, snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Just make sure your scam is retired because we don't want to what? Yes. Fuck up your bag. Amen. <laughs> I need a fake name for this person, Yumesh. Sheldon Bryant. Sheldon Bryant. Oh, okay. I like that. Sheldon Bryant. All right. Well, Sheldon says, that reminds me of like young Sheldon. Should I tell you the inspiration behind the name? Yes. Can, tell me the inspiration behind the name real quick while I, go, while the, I grab the, this letter. The first name of the author of the book on my desk and the last name of another author. Uh, that's a book on my sill over there. So you really just did the movie thing where you look around and you just name two objects like Mrs. I'm, Doubtfire? <laughs> I'm fucking <I'm> Kaiser Soze. <laughs> I appreciate the level of diligence for that. I appreciate that energy for sure. All right. So Sheldon says, I recently traveled to Greece for a month. I am a small and blonde. So in Greece, people look at me as a mark from across the damn street. After a hike, a really nice, in quotes, old man approached me on the street and said that he owns a bar down the street, that there was going to be live music happening soon. Ooh. Sounds enticing. <laughs> have, you, have you ever gone anywhere, like, by yourself, like, to another country? Yes, I've been to several different countries uh, alone for work. And, uh, right, because you was, travel for stand-up, yeah. No, for this was before, before I started, not before I started, but before I started playing for stand-up. I used to work for a company that invested in Sub-Saharan Africa, and we, so I would go to, like... You were selling back cocoa knives in, in Africa. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. Kenya, Ghana, South Africa. So I got, almost got robbed back and bringing it back to have I ever been scammed in another country. Really? I almost got, I almost got robbed in Cape Town. So how what what happened? How what does the almost robbery look like? Like put your hands up. Never mind. Was, like what, what happened? I was taking a walk around my hotel. Mm-hmm. Three people, two dudes and a, a lady, uh, like ran up on me, and then like two of them like felt me up, and they realized I didn't have anything, and they just kept walking. Oh wow! Yeah. So they just kind of they just kind of like rubbed on you, or like no it thanks. Didn't, it didn't it didn't feel sexual. Okay, it that's felt, good. It, I'm glad. It felt like they were sizing me up to see if I had any, like, they didn't touch anywhere for real, but it just felt like they're checking my pockets trying to run them. That's interesting, because normally when people, like, are, like, run me the pockets, they just, you know, let you take things out. You know, the robbery's like, okay, I'm getting my wallet. You're, like, shaking or whatever. But I've, I've never heard of someone, like, just doing a quick pat down to see if you have things. Broad daylight. Wowzers. <laughs> were not- you, like, really scared in that moment? I was just confused. Okay. Because I know Cape Town is a dangerous place, but if you're going to get robbed, like, if you get touched like that, you think, like, the way they, t- like, ran up on me, I thought they were just going to rob me. So, like, why didn't they rob me? You see, I, I sense it, it sounds like there's a little regret there. You're like, why did they didn't think I was good enough to rob? Like, <laughs> I wow. Just remain, I remain perplexed as to what <laughs> they didn't think I had in my pocket. Y'all don't think I got money? Y'all just going to pass on me like that? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> the disrespect. I'm an American citizen. 
You calling after him? I'm from yeah. America. I have a lot of money. Yeah. Y'all should you? rob me. What's wrong with y'all? Kidnap me, please. I'm not I, good I feel like kidnap. that's right. You don't want me to, you don't want to kidnap me. I, I always felt that way. Um, people would talk to my mom about, like, oh, well, you know, the kids are getting abducted. And like, my mom would be like, they're not going to abduct Lacey. They would bring her right back. They're not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? I think I'm very abductable. Wow. That's a great, it's a great quality to have to not be abductable. <laughs> It is. It truly is. But I would definitely be calling after them. Like, why did you rob me? Because that's more yeah. disrespectful than the robbery. At least then I understand. Like, you need the money. I have it. You're yeah. taking it from me. But if you just pass, like, yeah. I don't know. That hurts my self-esteem for you. Make me a victim. Come on. <laughs> Please. Take my things. They're <laughs> yeah. very nice. I promise. Yeah. My God. Right. Well, I'm sorry that that get <laughs> right. I'm sorry that happened to you, but that is a funny story to tell after you're separated from the event. Because that's <laughs> really wild. Um, but I'm glad you didn't get robbed, even though I do Thank think you. that you are very worthy of robbery. Voice alone. Thank you very much. Okay. If I could Little Mermaid you, I would in a heartbeat. I would take your voice. <laughs> uh, if I see you on the street, I would be concerned. I, that's what I want for you. That's what I want for <laughs> everybody when they leave the podcast. It's just be a little concerned when you see me the next time. So Sheldon says that um, I followed him to the bar. Because I mean, like the guy did say they had live music. And I don't want to hear no damn live music in in Los Angeles because I live here. But if I'm out of town, like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to cha-cha. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. You know, in, in a grease bar. And, you know. Mm-hmm. So I followed him into the bar. They had the bartender pour me a free, in quotes, I don't like when freeze in quotes, that feels like it's probably not going to be good, mm-hmm. a, f- a free beer. The bartender also poured herself a drink and we sipped and we chatted. Then another lady came and sat and poured herself a drink as well. They were super into talking to me, which I ha- has to be a red flag because as a bisexual boy, it isn't, <laughs> I'm not the type to garner the attention from good looking women. Uh, to that show that I say, how do you think these women were going to know you was bisexual <laughs> yeah right it's not like i'm super wearing it on his sleeve somehow. right you got a t-shirt on that says bisexual like i don't I think like they're gonna all. know yeah right <laughs> equal opportunity i can say that i am a bisexual we are the most annoying part of uh the lgbtpiqa plus <laughs> and everybody knows it and it's fine we will do better we won't <laughs> <laughs> this already <laughs> sounds pretty problematic wherever this is going Right. Because like they're they're drinking. I don't know. Right now for me, I'm like, they're drinking, they're having fun, they're chatting, you're in a no. new city. You're right. <laughs> what I what I heard, if I heard correctly, Sheldon let someone else pour him a yeah, drink. A free beer, yeah. But it's a bar. That's the place where you are very suspicious. <laughs> I'm immediately suspicious of anyone offering me anything in a foreign country. Right. You pouring me a drink at this establishment that pours drinks, that's your job. That, I mean, that's the that's the thing about growing up in the United States. You don't there's a lack of trust among everybody. At least like it feels like you're just like, don't trust anybody. At least that's what's in the air right now. Right. So that's true. But someone's like, You want to drink? I'm like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> They're like, uh, I work at this Applebee's. <laughs> I nope. came over to take your order. <laughs> I brought my own. <laughs> I brought my own. Sir, you can't do that. You can't do that in the establishment. This is America. This is a restaurant. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. You can't, you can't bring your own chicken nuggets. No, oh, I love this for you. Stay in safe, no matter what. So Sheldon says, I tried to leave after an hour, but they opened up a bottle of champagne and poured me a glass. Well, 1.5 hours later, she brought me the check and it came out to 1,000 euros, which is about 1,100 USD because our money is weak. Mm. This is what Sheldon says. I'm going to try to reenact this. I I think it's on beat. Um, I only had three drinks. (laughs) That's what's in here. I think. I heard it perfectly. I know exactly what Sheldon's saying. So come to find out they were charging the bartender's drinks, the other lady who had sat down next to me's drinks, and Lord knows who else's drinks to my tab without me knowing. The bouncer blocked the door and wouldn't let me leave till I paid. I went negative in my bank account. He disputed the charge with my bank, or I disputed the charge with my bank, and I also later found out that this was a strip club. Like, what in the damn hell am I doing here at 4 p.m. on a Thursday? (laughs) I mean... And worst of all... There was no live music. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sheldon. the worst part, Sheldon. I don't think that's the worst part here. I mean, no, I, I, look, I agree kind of with Sheldon a little bit, if that's the worst part there. 
I mean, you were promised <laughs> live music. That's true. I was gonna get robbed. There better at least be somebody singing like the worst version of "Loving You" by Minnie Ripperton a cappella or or with some drums or something. That's what I deserve. <laughs> something, <laughs> something Greek. But right. It's we're, just wild that uh, uh, I mean, that's such a funny scam that these people ran. I mean, it's obviously something that they do often. And Sam Richardson was on the pod, and he talked about a time that he was doing job overseas and he said that a beautiful woman like led him to a bar and like he had a bunch of drinks and they shook him down too like very similar to this so i'm starting to think that this is a very common overseas scam like if someone's like hey a lone person <laughs> let's have come? fun yeah right come on down to this bar come over we got live music uh live daytime strippers which are much like daytime tv just not as good as the nighttime tv um <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It's such a beautiful scam. I feel like daytime strippers, you know, they're just in there to get their check real quick. They got to pick their kids up from carpool. You know, they're just like half shaking their ass. It's like it's four o'clock. Right. They're there to eat. Yeah. If there are specials when you go to the strip club, yeah, you're not getting the best experience. I feel, I, I don't know, how much do we, how much do you think Sheldon deserves some blame here? Look, Sheldon just went to an attraction, as we all do, and had some drinks and thought that he was meeting the locals. I, I don't Sheldon, know. I feel like Sheldon lived in a, a sheltered life. I don't I know mean, if that's too judgmental, but I'm yeah, just we, saying. We don't, we don't judge on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, just, but I'm, just like, I'm just saying. It's like, Mr. Patel, uh, we don't judge on this podcast. <laughs> okay, fine. Listen, I, I, I removed my judgment. But I will say that, like, it's good to know these things. And if you don't know and you're listening, now you know or you've been reminded. Like, if people are, if it's too good to be true, guys, it probably is. If someone's targeting you on the street because you look different, like, anytime you go to a foreign city, guys, don't look around. Like, look straight ahead. Look down because people who are looking around like wowzers, like people are automatically thinking that you're not from there. I, you know, this is. I'll let me caveat what I said with another story. Yes, please. And that is, I was I was in Peru in mm-hmm. 2007, and we, my friend and I, traveled there together, and we were staying at a hostel. Yeah. And into this hostel walks this. Uh, no wait, I have that question. About the hostel, was the hostel given like cute and clean, or was it given yes. like we all okay? Okay. Yes, no. It was a it was a well uh, reviewed hostel. Like the people, the hosts were great. It was like um, fit all without parameters. It, it was wasn't like, like sleep with your backpack in between your legs and like no, a, no, no, no. a little baby knife and one hour. No, I've, I've seen those hostels, but no, <laughs> that's not that's not where we're at. But anyway, okay. walks in, um, I and it kills me to this day that I don't fully remember his name, but he has I have his email. So I'm gonna say it's like. Kung, I think this man from from. What say I, that again? What was it? I think name? it's Kung. Kung. Yeah. Go with a G. Okay, that's Correct. not what I heard. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I was like, no. his name was Kung. <laughs> no, not at all. No, so uh, Kung. Uh, Got yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Taiwan. Okay. And he didn't speak a drop of English. Okay. Let alone let alone Spanish. Um, okay, so we real fish out of water. And he had like this. I can tell you it was like probably like a $800 camera around his neck. Mm. And the entire time we were just like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> like you got an $800 <laughs> camera, you're walking around Peru. <laughs> like, like he, he's just smiles the entire time. It's like, oh, just having, no. A, no, he's just, he's having the greatest time of his life. And me and my boy are just like, this motherfucker's nuts. He's going to get his fucking kill. But like, the entire time he had the greatest time, like went with everybody, nothing happened to him. He ended up in the Amazon for three days, went just like mm-hmm. randomly to the Amazon with an 800 camera on his neck, came back unscathed and just had like, and we were just like, what a, this guy lives just like so beautifully, you know what I mean? And so like, you know, this Sheldon is living a very beautiful life and like trusting people. And I wish I could do that. It just seems like, Maybe it's my flaw that I'm not like, man, let me just go hang out with these brands. Of course, strangers are great. Like, why wouldn't they be? And then come to find out you get the rug pulled in the worst way possible. You know, that that's like how I would feel. 
Yo, I feel like I, I'm I'm on your side, though. I feel the exact same way. Like, I wish that I could be like Kook and I could be out here smiling and shit and looking around and enjoying mm-hmm. the view. But, you know, I'm always like, if I'm on vacation, it's like, smile on the inside. Be excited. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And I think Sheldon is more like Kook and I admire that about him. Uh, I do, too. I wish I could do that because I can't and I won't. But I do think that we exactly. keep each other... <laughs> I can't and I refuse. It's something yeah. I realize that I could change about myself and I simply won't. I won't. Exactly. Like we're all flawed people. We are, but some flaws are worth keeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep my hold on to that one real tight as well, in addition to you. Okay. You ain't gonna catch me out here having a good time in another country, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna wait till I get to my hotel room and I'm gonna turn off the lights, then I'm gonna smile. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Put my passport in the safe. And then- right. And then I laugh at something that I thought was funny like 12 hours ago, but it, it was not appropriate to laugh. Can't, I'm, can't... I'm not cracking a smile. Right. You ain't going to catch me out here slipping with some joy. I don't know what the fuck you think this is. All right, guys, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements, and we'll be back with the most fun part of the show, Historic Hood Wings. Scams! Ooh, do you feel that in the air? Yes, that is summertime. It's in the breeze. It's in the trees. And y'all know when the sky comes out, (laughs) the thighs come out. And as the weather gets hotter, it's time to say bye to jackets and sweaters and hey to shorts and tees. If you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Y'all know I love Quince. If you want to be looking chic year after year with classic pieces that you can dress up, dress down, wear around town, you got to get into Quince. They have premium European linen dresses. I have one in green and oh, when I wear it, it is a showstopper. Blouses, shorts from $30, y'all. Washable silk tops, which I told y'all I love those. I actually went back and got it in navy. I got it in the white like cream and I just know when I wear it, I'm going to feel like Diane Keaton on the beach thinking about my life like white cream are you kidding me it's giving rich okay quince is that girl y'all know you see me in their pieces all the time get into it get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash goddess Finding the perfect t-shirt has always had me like Goldilocks. Trying on shirts. This one's too hard. This one's too soft. And it fell apart because y'all know I got it from a cheap website. And this t-shirt from Skims is just right. From fit to quality, it is one of my, like, these are my favorite t-shirts. I have three different ones. Y'all know I love me an Onyx because I'm going to be wearing black all the time. Um, They have a cotton long sleeve jersey tee that I really like too because the material is so soft. But when I put it in the washer, she don't have a whole transformation or makeover. It's not move that bus when I take it out. She looks the way that she looked when I put her in. And we know we cannot say that for all t-shirts, okay? So you can have staple t-shirts that you can mix and match and wear up or down. Maybe we're going to a fancy night out. Maybe we're going on a date. Maybe we're lounging around the house. I love these shirts so much because I can do so many different things with them. It's like, I'm telling y'all, Skims, they doing it right over there. I got on the underwear right now. I can't give it up. I think they got me, y'all. I'm not even playing. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select Scam Goddess in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. And we are back, and it's time for the historic hoodwink. I want to note up top that most of the story was reported directly in David Samuel's 2001 The New York article, The Runner. So if you want to get into um, David's uh, tea and whatnot, as always, our footnotes are at the bottom of each episode, and you can go fact check, okay? Because what did I say? I'm not a journalist. Thank you so much. All right, so once named one of the top 10 imposters, this runner turned bike thief turned student-made headlines because it was discovered that despite impressive, like his track record, he was not who he said he was. Love that. Love a Lion King. Mm. (laughs) So we're talking about Alexi Santana. When Alexi Santana first arrived at Princeton in 1988, he had a score of 1410. Note, this is like the highest score at the time was 1600 on the SATs. Shh. 
Fourteen <laughs> ton. Wait, were you really into school? Did you do well in school? I did okay in school. I wouldn't say well. I mean, but I'd be fourteen ten. Princeton must have been a joke back then. <laughs> First of all, not you saying I did okay in school and then being like fourteen ten is a joke. Like that's the above average score for the original eight SAT. I'm saying I'm saying for Princeton. Okay, yes, that's that's true. But he also has a Hispanic-sounding surname, and he came from almost nothing. So this is editorialized. I didn't say this because I hate when people are like, oh, you only got in here because you was brown and you took the white person's spot. And it's like, bro, you had to beat all the white people. That ain't my fault. Like, they took your spot. <laughs> right, exactly. Don't look at me like I like I, I don't know where that weird fantasy came from, but I feel like when us like people of color when we get a job, they'd be like, they just took the job from the one white person who was this close. <laughs> that happens, yeah, that happens. It's so it's so funny that that happens. <laughs> it was gonna be my job, and then your black ass showed up. And it's like, no, <laughs> Chad stole your job, bro. You gotta go right. fight with him. <laughs> Y'all gotta go uh to the country club and fight each other. That ain't got nothing to do with me. So according to his personal essay, he was a ranch hand who educated himself in the Mojave Desert. Okay. <laughs> this was all in his essay? Yes. He was in the... His admission essay, but I was a ranch hand. <laughs> right. So did they have good Wi-Fi in the Mojave? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what, what is a ranch hand? How is he educating himself? So a ranch hand is like, I'm assuming, I mean, I'm from the South, so there's lots of farms and ranches. So ranch is where the animals are, right? So he was probably helping feed the pigs in the morning and whatnot. Got it. Yeah, maybe cutting wood or whatever it is. Whatever they do on a ranch. <laughs> what do they do on a ranch? <laughs> you can tell neither of us has any outdoor experience cutting wood. Yeah. <laughs> Not even chopping it. Thank you, Judith. Super producer just stepped it and said that ranch hands take care of livestock. Just want to point out that that's essentially what I said. So I do be knowing things. Yeah, uh, right. Maybe sometimes they also be cutting wood. <laughs> Not chopping it. Cutting it. Look, I don't know much about nature. Right? Come on, y'all. We're going to the forest. We're going to cut some wood. Get them yeah. cut coats. <laughs> what else are you doing in the woods? Huh? Yeah. So he slept outside, herded cattle, and read Plato under the stars. This sounds fake. It's, rom- it's like a romance novel. Right. Nancy Myers, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Plato is that how under this the stars. Plato under the stars. Which, how much light can you get from stars? I don't think enough to read a book. No, no. Certainly not. But then again, I don't know. Right. Have you ever been anywhere you could see a lot of stars? Actually have recently. Well, like a year ago, I was doing this sketch with Jesse Williams and I went outside because it was like a night shoot and it was just us. And I was looking up at the sky and I could see the stars in Malibu. And then mm-hmm. he started to point out all the constellations. And I was like, am I in just am I in Grey's Anatomy? What's happening? <laughs> That's amazing. It really was. It's like when you see stars, you're like, oh, my God. Because it's so rare when you if you live in a city. Yeah, but the point being, they shed a lot of light. Maybe did read underneath the stars. I believe this right now. Okay, maybe Princeton, the moon was giving. Yeah, if I'm if I'm a Princeton University admissions officer and I'm hearing this story, so far I'm hearing I'm liking what I hear. Right. It feels like he would be a great um, person to invite to one of those bougie college salons, you know, where they have the salon and it's just a bunch of like overly educated people in a room sipping like Pinot Noir and waxing poetic. I've never been, but I want to go. That sounds awesome. You would do great (laughs) at a salon. You got some great stories. I would sit in a corner and make fun of everyone. So his mother was an artist dying of leukemia in Switzerland, and his father had died years before. While he was applying, Alexi lived in a strange or, or storage locker in St. George, Utah. Okay, so he was li- he was living in a storage locker. How do you get mail? <laughs> this guy, I mean. Like if Princeton gives you an acceptance letter, because back in the day it was paper. It wasn't like an email. Like, how you get what, the mail? Yeah, what's his zip code at this at this? <laughs> He's like, I'm in a, the door four. Like, what are you putting on the letter? I'm confusion. 
So in addition to his colorful background, Alexei was also a top-class runner and was invited to school to prove it. Several weeks later, Alexei had his Princeton acceptance letter with a track scholarship in hand. Unfortunately, Alexei had to defer his acceptance to Princeton by a year as he had to go to Switzerland to take care of his mother. The following year, Alexei came back on time and moved in with two other roommates, Ben and someone, an Avshlum. They were intrigued by Alexei's background and curious living habits like the storage locker. Um, but... <laughs> But so he's at he's at Princeton, right? Yeah. He's sleeping on the floor at Princeton. And mind you, they have dorms there with the bed included. They don't make Mm -hmm. you bring your BYOB. You don't have to bring your own bed. But he's still sleeping on the floor. And he had no photos of his friends or family, despite his mother recently passing. Now, I don't think that's that weird because I don't really have photos of my friends or family around my house. Yeah, but uh, that's because you have them all on your phone. That's true. That's true. I mean, when this is like so weird, but it's a scam that a lot of black people do when they're selling homes is like they take out all of the photos of black people like in the house Uh (laughs) so that people don't like come in with lower offers or don't want to buy the house because they think that black people used to live there. Oh, I mean, that's not a scam. That's just that's just good. Good on them. I mean, whatever you need to do to get the highest price out of your house. So we did that once, I think, when we were going to sell the house. And then after that, the photos just never came back for years. So there were years in my house where there were literally no photos. (laughs) My mom just forgot to put them back. So our house just looked like a show home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's sad. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I wish she put them back back up for you. I think she did recently. I, I did see a photo of me and my grandma, and there's a photo of me in the closet in one of the guest bedrooms, which I was like, ma'am, can you please put this on display? Every time I come home, the photo is still in the closet. And there's a photo of my mom from her wedding by herself. My dad's not in it. It's just her, like, looking cute, and that's what's in the guest bedroom. <laughs> ma'am. That's fantastic. I mean, I got a sidebar. I have to, that reminds me I have to get a bunch of family photos printed. Oh, yes, you do. And hang up around your house so that they know they're loved. I love that for you. What city are you in? I'm in Brooklyn. Okay. You do give Brooklyn. You give very much New York energy. Good. Thank you. Is, is that where you finally, is that where you were born? <laughs> no, I'm from Jersey. Okay. See, that's those energies are quite similar. Very no nonsense. Yeah. I still, I don't think, I don't think any true New Yorker would ever consider themselves a New Yorker if they came from New Jersey. <laughs> so it's like, which I one can't. are you trying to claim? Neither. It's almost impossible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like uh, I've lived here for twenty years. Okay, then you're a New Yorker. It's like a New Yorker twenty-two kind of situation. Mm. No New Yorker could ever be a real New Yorker if they weren't born in New York. Okay, fair, fair. Then then get your Jersey Turnpike on and, and go to the shore. <laughs> get my Jersey Turnpike. Okay. Do you go to the shore? Have you ever been to the shore with Snooky and them? I haven't been to the beach in years. When's the last time you heard hung out with Snooky? Homegirl. Well, I haven't seen her in, I haven't seen Snooky since she left television, I guess. Like is she still like a She's still out here. I don't know what she's doing now, but she's still out here. She probably got a makeup line. You know how the girls do. Good on her. So while his roommates and other students speculated about their mysterious peer, Alexi continued to run 10 miles a day and make straight A's in his classes. He also earned a reputation as a talented and brilliant ladies man. Do we have a picture of Alexi? Is he giving sexy? Alexi the sexy? He a ladies man? Also, like, what does that even mean? They just started calling him Mr. Bitches. What does that mean? He he probably just had a different girl every day of the week. Oh, I guess so. Lots of... (laughs) So he'd invited groups of freshman women to attend wine and cheese gatherings in his room on a weekly basis where he'd regale them with stories of adventures, earning him the nickname Sexy Alexi. Wait, I was right. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's him? Yes. And we were just joking about a salon, but Alexi was really having salons in his dorm room. What a hero. And, like, I won't lie, if I was in college, or when I was in college, like, at that young age, if someone invited me to a a salon with some wine and cheese, like, just Uh another student, I'd be like, oh, you fancy? Like, okay. And he's crushing it. Right. I'm like, what is this, (laughs) Gruyere? I would have been impressed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any person. I mean, when I I went to, here's a scam. 2005, (laughs) I went to Columbia University uh, summer camp. 
for high school okay. students. And it was, it's basically a, a summer camp for people whose parents think uh, it'll help them get into the college. Mm. So do you have to pay for the summer camp? Yes. Okay, a little, a little bit scammy up top. And uh, it ends up being, uh, I mean, I'm sh- sure it's a great experience for people who make the most of it in terms of like uh, like pestering uh, professors and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. really. But for, I think, majority of it, it was like people just spent like that much money to go to that camp. And then mm-hmm. no one got into Columbia. <laughs> right? And we're all just like, what the fuck was this? Welcome to Columbia Camp. Today we will be re-renovated the dorm room. Yeah, exactly. It was, we were just like, wait. Afterward, you know, we spent the entire, but it's worth, it was worth every penny in the sense I got to make some of my friends who are like lifelong friends now, but, yeah. and, uh, uh, it, it was the first time I'd ever been in New York City that long by myself. So it was right. worth it in that sense. That was like very cool. But it was definitely a scam. Did you apply to Columbia? And they were like, who is yeah, this? Of course. Of course I applied to Columbia. <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> they're like, hello? You were stupid enough to fall for that? You're not getting in. <laughs> Col- <laughs> Columbia camp? We don't even run one of those. What are you talking yeah. about? That's you our was first here? test. <laughs> That's our first <laughs> test. You failed. Yo, that was a brilliant scam on Columbia's part to be like, well, how do we get these dorm rooms full in the summer? Who can, how mm-hmm. we can get some extra coin going? Oh, we'll bring all these kids up. That and shit pre- was wild. But it, I mean, that is kind of the scam of college too. Is like you get to be incubated as a baby adult and mm-hmm. also meet some of your best friends and yes. go into crippling debt for it. If colleges market themselves as friendship factories, <laughs> they could charge like an infinitely more amount of money. You're right. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Do you want to turn up with your friends and your mama not there? College. Exactly. (laughs) It's literally what it is. So on February 16th, 1991, a senior at Yale named Renee Pacho attended the Harvard-Yale-Princeton track meet in New Haven, and she noticed that a sophomore on the Princeton team looked familiar. When their eyes met, she recognized Jay Mitchell Huntsman, a stranger who had attended Palo Alto High School with her in 1985. Jay Huntsman, who called himself Rivek, was also a talented runner. According to his classmates, Jay grew up on a commune in Nevada and educated himself growing up. Hmm. Sounds interesting because we know somebody else who grew up uh, as a ranch hand in the Mojave Desert who educated himself under the night sun, a.k.a. the moon. (laughs) What a tangled web this guy's weaved. Right. So this person's parents died in an accident in Bolivia, and he decided to complete his education at Palo Alto High School, California, before applying to Stanford. Things stopped adding up when Jay entered the Stanford Invitational Meet cross-country race. He had a spectacular win, but never reported to the officials' table. One reporter, Jason Cole, found it suspicious and began to investigate further into Jay Mitchell Huntsman. He found a birth certificate matching the birthplace of Jay and that he spoke of. However, Jay Huntsman died of pneumonia two days after he was born. Mm. <laughs> this guy stole an infant's identity? I mean, we don't know yet. I, the, the, we just kind of took a we took a little turn here. I'm on the ride with you. I don't what know. A wizard. I don't know what's going on, but I th- I would argue that you're probably onto something. He should. He sounds like he. Uh, I don't want to like give a shine to a, a criminal, but I'm, I feel like I'm rooting for Scarface right now. Listen, I love to <laughs> shout out a criminal. That's what this podcast is about. So don't ever be scared. Don't ever be afraid. We can change our opinions if he does something nasty and bad. But so far, mm. it sounded fun. It sounded yeah. light. Um, so yeah, uh. The dead uh, Jay Huntsman is out here running races, even though he's been dead for a long time. <laughs> you know how when you're dead, you just be entering Stanford Invitationals? You know it's, it's how you do that when you you know how you do that when you're dead. <laughs> it, it takes it takes a lot to get into Stanford, so whatever. It takes a like. lot. You need to actually be dead and, and resurrect yourself and, and run fast to get into Stanford. Conjure the ghost. Yeah. So Cole reported, this is the nosy reporter, we got a hater on our hands, who is now like, let me dig into this man, because he's weird. Like, Cole, why are you so nosy? Just let this dead man run his race. Why are you bothering him? She was bored. Let him rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) So Cole reported his findings back to Palo Alto High, and after admitting that his real name was James Hogue, James took off. I like that. James could run fast, so he probably literally took off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just a cloud of dust. You're like, yeah. James? Jay? 
Hello? <laughs> and you look and he's gone. That's what I want people to do when they get caught up in lies. I wish that one time in my life, if I catch a liar, you know, and I confront them, that they would just run away. <laughs> like, that would be so funny. That's like, don't the try to, to do it. Right? Don't try to gaslight me. Don't try to argue with me. Just run. Just just start to take off running. <laughs> yeah. At least give me a laugh. No, no, right. Don't waste my time with arguing these lies. Just just right. run away. That's funny. I just yeah. stop like that. Everybody try that at home. If you're a liar, write in to the show. Just try it. Next time you get caught in a lie, just run away. <laughs> I, I I hope half of that for you. Yeah, I don't want anyone to lie to you, but someone running away from you for getting caught in a lie would be pretty funny. It would be so, pretty hilarious. However you want that to happen. So certain that this that she had seen Jay slash James at this track meet, uh, James' former classmate, Renee, told Cole of her sighting. So... This is one of the former classmates at the Palo Alto High School. She done clocked him at the track meet just to catch everybody up. Then she reaches out to the nosy reporter. and She's like, I just saw James running again like he always does. So Cole immediately told Princeton and it was discovered Fish. that Alexi Santana, you were right, was in fact James Hogue. Also, Jay, who was the baby who died. Uh, so I watch a lot of SVU. <laughs> It's always the person with the name that is biggest in the credits mm -hmm. that did the thing. Yeah. So he claimed that he was a homeschool 19-year-old ranch hand, but really he was a 31-year-old ex-con with an arrest record in Utah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this gives me new context to the wine and cheese salon with the freshmen, which uh -huh. if these are freshman girls, they can't be more than 18, 19, 18, 19 years maybe old. 20 years of age. Maybe, but 18, 19 yeah. is really it. Um, maybe 17. I graduated college, or high school when I was 17. So now, um, James Hogg, I'm not on your side. You are a nasty man. Because why? The math is off. Yeah, it's terrible. The math is not math. And you are 31. Why are you having wine and cheese nights with children? Right. What, mm -mm, what's going on, James? You're nasty. I don't like you. Also, you're 31 and no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. At some no. point, like, this is like if someone, like, if, if 31, you're, I think, like, if you're 19 and you're 20, you don't realize when someone's 31. It's only when you're in your 30s, you're like, this motherfucker is. <laughs> It's 31. It's okay. 31. <laughs> I'm 36. So if I see, if I, I can see the disparity. Right. I can, I can clock a 30. I'm 30. So I can clock a 30 year old. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> something here is giving 30. Something's giving yeah. knee pain. I exactly. know it. The 19 year olds okay. are still like, eh, whatever. Something just looks old. Right. Or, or he's been, he's lived the life. But my freshman year in college, I could count the times that I drank alcohol. I was such a square. Um, but, like, honestly, love that for me. Um, but yeah, sure. if if we wanted to drink, we had to, like, get somebody to go to the liquor store, like a senior or a junior. And then we would wait around the corner all eager to get our 99 bananas. <laughs> yeah. The worst alcohol you could ever drink. I drank all that shit. Yeah. Green apple. I had the oh. four loco before the government stepped in and oh, had them change the loco? recipe. Yeah, the murder four loco. So I had a friend who would make four loco margaritas. Why, God? Why? Thank goodness those were banned. They needed to be because yeah. what the hell? Like, why? Uh, America. We'd be like, oh, the FDA said, yeah, okay, yeah, give me that uh, ephedrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was a long time they lasted, I think. They did. I mean, I think they still exist, but they had to change the formula and, like, get rid of, like, some of the caffeine and, like, things that were, you know, killing people. They had you to know. take a, a loco out of the four loco. Yeah, they were like, a four loco, but a little less loco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Loco light. It tied it down. You know? Right. <laughs> it's a little more sane, this loco. Okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, so this man is a whole adult. He is 31. Wowzers. And he had a, he was an ex-con and he had an arrest record in Utah. And remember, Utah was where he was sleeping in that storage unit. So just like that, the deans determined his admission was void. A, a day later, two police officers arrived at Alexi's like geology 316 class to arrest him in the middle of the classroom. Ooh, mm -hmm. that's a spicy day in class. Where was he? Where was this class? In at this Princeton. is at Princeton. So he's in a geology class at Princeton. So they looking at rocks and whatnot, and here comes 12, like <laughs> Put the rock down. That sounds, I mean, I hope this is a movie. Right, it should be. Put the geo down and put your hands up. That just visually sounds so funny. 
It really does. Looking at amethysts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) You're just trying to, I I love geology because that's just a classy way to say that you into crystals. (laughs) Yeah. I used to look at rocks as a kid. I don't find them as fascinating now, but when I was a child, I loved rocks. I'm going to stop telling people I'm into crystals. I'm going to tell them that I'm into geology. That's why I got this rose quartz that I'm charging under the full moon, because <laughs> geology. Because I love the earth and all, <laughs> all its materials. Yes. Greta Thunberg is my homegirl, and I love the earth. <laughs> yes. So James Hogue, who the hell is this man? James was charged with theft by deception and three counts of forgery. So I guess Princeton was like, you lied to us, so we gave you a scholarship, so that's deceptive. Which I'm like, Princeton, get over it. Um, He he couldn't make bail, so so he was moved to the Mercy County Correctional Center while awaiting trial. While there, James was visited by Hachito Scholes, a professor from Italy who taught physical chemistry at Princeton. Professor Scholes viewed James not as a lost cause, but as someone who needed a friendship and psychological help that he could provide. So not this man pulling up like, let me study you. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. <laughs> this guy's trying to scam the scam. Right. You you flew yourself out from Italy to, 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 to pull up at the prison? Yeah. Wow. So when James made bail and was released, Scholes offered him money, which he refused. Scholes also helped James move to Cambridge, Massachusetts, and enroll at the Harvard Extension School. I'm surprised that he refused the money. He was like, you keep the money. Why? Take the money. Was he trying to fuck him? I don't know. It is giving, <laughs> it's giving energy, you I'll know? Send, I'll send you to school. <laughs> I'll do everything. For, I'm your daddy now. Wait yeah. a minute. I don't, I don't know. I'll study I my brain, sure. <laughs> right. So while there, James was hired part-time to catalog the school's collection of precious minerals and gems. So he's back doing his geology, being a geologist. And I love that for him. The call of the diamond is strong. Right. A few weeks later, more than $50,000 worth of minerals, gems, and tools were found in James's room, <laughs> along with a chair from the Har- with a Harvard seal. Why are you stealing the chairs? <laughs> <laughs> what a real up and down saga. <laughs> right. Like you went in so precious minerals and you were also like, but but this does have good back support. I'm just <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and take this too. <laughs> that's that's how you know this guy was so little unhinged. Right. He was like, look, I need lumbar support and I need jewels. <laughs> I, I can understand stealing jewelry or jewels. I mean he's thirty one. You do need that lumbar. You're right. This man understood what was really valuable. And that was his health. <laughs> Self care king. Of course, sure. When he was caught, he again pleaded guilty to theft by deception. He was then sentenced to a series of stints in prison in several (laughs) states where there were outstanding charges against him. So he basically had to do like a prison tour. Like, you know how you do your stand-up comedy tours, Uh but he was doing it but for a jail. I like to imagine him thinking like, like how many times do you have to get caught before you're like, man, I'm pretty bad at this. (laughs) 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 I I, got to start thinking some things through. It's like, God. You got me again? Like, you... <laughs> He's getting arrested just like, ah, you got me. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Was the chairs? I, I knew it was going to be the chairs. <laughs> Damn, Damn I, I went too far with the chair. I, <laughs> I should just thought, that's what, could y'all give me some notes? Let me get yeah. some feedback for my next con. Like, uh, he's taking notes every time. Like, okay, don't take the chair with the nope. seal. Okay, she- got it. I'm going to do better. I, I love this for him. It feels yeah. like he's like, oh, I fail. I pick myself back up and, and I try again. Got to do it again. And now he's on tour, just like, thank you, China. It mm-hmm. can be seen on YouTube and, and wherever you do stand up. We can also see James in a local prison near you. Yep. He's coming. Yeah. Better shake hands with that man because he might not be who he is. He's like, it's meeting two dudes at once, this guy. August 15th, Rikers Island. I'm pulling up. <laughs> Y'all Tell be at Give me your greatest stories. I bet right. I'll beat them. Right. Y'all be at Cell Block D for a salon. I'm going to have ramen, <laughs> toilet wine. <laughs> Come through. Pull up. in the house. Yes, pull up for my salon. And okay, I love it. So when he's finally released, he once again disappeared. Oh, James. You don't say. I love it. Five years later, on the evening of July 15th, 1997, James was arrested for bike theft in Aspen, Colorado. When, what year was this? This was 1997. How can you not steal a bike in 97? I feel like it should be very easy to steal a bike in 97. Does the bike have plates? <laughs> Man, how low was this guy? Went from stealing the baby's identity, 
to, right. steal, to stealing a bicycle? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, what a, what a fall from, like, con artist grace. Right. You're, you're trending bikes? downward. Also, you <laughs> yeah. got caught for stealing a bike, which is very embarrassing. Yeah. Like... <laughs> What are you doing, bro? <laughs> His Colorado arrest record was the final amount of information for one reporter, David Samuels. So he tracked down James and got his story. So these are the actual facts of James' life. We're getting to the end of this hoodwink. James Hogue was born in Wyandotte. We have so many names in here that I cannot pronounce. Wyandotte County, Kansas, in 1959. He grew up in a working-class suburb of Kansas City, Kansas. He went to college in Laramie, Wyoming, and Austin, Texas. And as an older adult, hopped around the mountain resorts of Colorado. So, like, the resort towns. Uh, David was finally able to make contact with James when he mailed him a videotape containing interviews he had conducted with James's childhood friend, Keith Mark. So, Keith then snitched on James. He was like, yeah, I know James, a.k.a. Jay, a.k.a. Alexi. Yeah, yeah, I know him. This guy's life is full of snitches right keith mark is a snitch ass name how you got two first names that's your name (laughs) and your last name is mark yeah you are yeah yeah you out here snitching the -hmm. interviews included clips of keith remembering james idiosyncrasies growing up together when james went to mcdonald's he always ordered a big mac without the burger what now what is what's a big mac without the burger just just bun and lettuce and cheese with the sauce is the burger technically the meat yeah, I guess so. Mm, okay, just a bread and cheese. So a cheese sandwich? Yeah, I mean, this guy doesn't sound like a, a Hindu, but I mean, this I, I would do that at McDonald's from time to time when I was, was still vegetarian. Really? Yeah, my parents would bring me that. Like, I went on McDonald's, but I'd get just the, the lettuce, tomato, bun, cheese, just because then you get the sauce. Interesting. And then, they start, then they started getting chicken, and I was like, I was all about that chicken. I never ate the beef, though. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Well then, yeah. Big Mac without the burger. I learned something new here today. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So he slept on the floor in a sleeping bag and ran with bells on his feet. So he was conscious of his running stride. All righty. In James's mind, running was a way to get out of his otherwise mundane, low-income life. He eventually found himself as a freshman at the University of Wyoming in Laramie. In the fall, the men's track team got an intense new coach, Ron Richardson. And according to Ron, sprinters retained muscle memory when they were made to run faster than they normally could. Uh, that's true. So he would tie a rope but. <laughs> a rope to a belt around the runner's waist and tow the runner up and down the high altitude trails, holding the other end of the rope. What a brutal coach. As he drove his Volkswagen bug. (laughs) Oh no. Wow. That's that's some dark shit. Okay. wait. I was with him until he said, yeah. So then (laughs) he dragged, he dragged all his students up a mountain with his car. What? I mean, this guy, I wonder if the University of Wyoming Laramie ever produce any good runners. I know we need to look at their statistics because I'm like, this is very unorthodox and I would say unethical. A hundred percent. I mean, by, I, by any stretch of the imagination, that sounds fucking ridiculous. I mean, was the 80s or 60s? What, it was the 70s. 70s. Yeah. I, I guess in the 70s, you could tie somebody to your car and call it a workout. Shit was crazy back then. Who knows? They were in Vietnam. No one was paying attention. Right. <laughs> no one was paying attention to the, to the teachers tying their students to their cars. <laughs> uh, they had bigger things to worry about. They're like, we busy. No, the police, we did drive by that. And we were like, that's odd, but we actually are very busy. So we're just going to have to let it go for now. There's a lot worse going on elsewhere. You know? Right. So one time when his runners lost a meet at Brigham Young University, he picked them up early the next morning and dropped them all off 17 miles from Laramie and told them to run home. <laughs> P. Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting right. some cheesecake along the way. Right. P. Diddy's yeah. all of a sudden not looking so bad. No, there's no cheesecake in Wyoming. He's like, I want a cheesecake. You better find something. Don't come back here without no cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And a sprint. And you got to run. You better be sweating when you come back. Yeah. But not on the cheesecake. But not on the cheesecake. The cheesecake better be cold. Otherwise, yeah. I know you didn't run fast. If it's warm. So Coach Richardson pushed James into an obsession with pushing his body past the limits of a normal man and eventually got injured through the stress. There was an ice storm that happened. Uh, So... While they were at the top of a mountain, a fierce ice storm came over the peaks and lightning and hail began to fall. Uh, And the runners were stuck in a summertime blizzard of darkness until it subsided. So they got stuck on this mountain in an ice storm. Uh Uh-huh. Trying to run for this coach. And this is this is true. Yes. So according to Keith, the snitch wow. Keith, Keith Mark, he said, there's no doubt in my mind that that's what turned Jim 
his whole world around. And that's why he doesn't realize that maybe he was immortal just like everyone else. So he's saying because he survived this ice storm, he was like, all right, bet, I'm going to do crime now. Or maybe it was such a crazy uh, traumatic experience surviving an ice storm that something in his brain broke. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, well, I'm just going to steal identities now. I got to right. be someone else. Something Everything, is- Yeah, something broke. Everything is a scam. And maybe he had this near-death experience and realized it. Because after that, he started stealing car stereos, bicycles. He even stole Keith's gold medal from one of their high school track meets. So he stole from Keith. So maybe that's why Keith had snitched on him. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. If you steal my medals, I'm going to have a problem. Yeah, then I'm going to have to snitch on you. Okay, Keith, yeah. maybe, Keith Mark, maybe you're not a stool pigeon. We, I take it back. You you were just trying to get your vengeance, so you're just petty, which I can understand. Well, if and only if he tried to handle it uh, by finding him first. Right. You better, did you allow, did you confront James and allow him to run away from you immediately, or did you just start just, snitching on him? Exactly. So, James Hogue today, we're at the end of this. Uh, Since James was last caught stealing bikes in the late 90s, he's continued to live a life hopping from town to town in the Colorado Rockies. Wow. In the late 2000s, he was arrested for stealing $100,000 worth of property from homes in Telluride. Oh, my goodness. James is never going to stop stealing, okay? Mm -hmm. If it's not nailed down, James is going home with something. Yeah, I mean, this just sounds like the the sad demise of of a once promising criminal. Right. In 2017, James was arrested and sentenced to six years in prison for possessing burglary tools and stealing $2,000 to $5,000 worth of items to build an illegal shack on the Aspen Skiing Co. ski area. I mean, it sounds like he was just trying to be a contractor. Who decides where you can build things? Yes, it's it's everyone's mountain. I just want to know the day where we decided that you couldn't just come someplace and stick a flag in the ground and be like, this is mine. Because that used to be the way. And now I can't stick a flag in nothing. This guy's the most true American patriot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's giving settler. It's, this, is, this is my land. <laughs> it's giving Oregon Trail. It's giving Panic for Gold settler. I don't I don't know what y'all are putting him in jail for. He has a lot of talents. Police also found about $17,000 in cash in his car and records indicating he'd stole about $70,000 worth of goods on eBay. During the sentencing, the judge told James, he said that, a very consistent thief, but apparently a very bad one because you get caught <laughs> a lot. Uh, I don't understand what is going on in your mind that leads to this pattern. It is sad. Wow. James, exactly. you got <laughs> The judge is exactly correct. Nah, you ain't going to embarrass me like that as citizen. James, get up and fight this judge. <laughs> Y'all need to tussle. Yeah, I mean, he's just calling him crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, like this. this is very embarrassing you better tell me i'm a menace to society hey gonna be like this is so boring and very ghetto and honestly you're very bad at this take him away i don't even want to look at him <laughs> I, I, what's the minimum i'm gonna give you the minimum just because <laughs> you're not even uh, worth our time yeah get out of here with this this will keep the system going every time you get caught it'll be right. a quota you're not even yeah. worth banging the gavel on. I'm not yeah. even going to bang the gavel. Court dismissed. Ugh. Fuck out of my office. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fuck out of my court. I don't know. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like, it feels like uh, this guy, need, maybe that he should have let that Italian guy study him and <laughs> yeah. like fucking with his brain. Because he's like, like that maybe that Italian guy is studying him from afar, but like, Oh, right. Wow. He's just he's just keeping up with news headlines. He's got Google alerts on him and he's just taking notes. What a shame. <laughs> yeah, James, you should have let that Italian man study you. So James is now 62. He was arrested in 2021 after parking illegally and stealing power <laughs> near the site of a recent burglary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> stealing power? <laughs> James is playing cops and robbers. In real life, <laughs> he's Jeez. just like running around waiting for them to tag him. <laughs> this is just a game of tag. He's like, exactly yeah, he's like, all right, he's just waiting for them to catch. Just turn yourself in right now, James. <laughs> James, like, y'all gonna arrest me? Be honest. Uh-huh. <laughs> you should just, yeah, he's just walk into the police office and just be like, just do it, just put the cuffs on. Right. Him. He's like, he just goes I, in for maintenance, like getting yeah. his oil changed. He's like, I know it's about that time where y'all gonna mm-hmm. put me in jail. Let me get some free meals. I'll be about next week. <laughs> I, I love stole it. one of your, I stole one of your cars. <laughs> <laughs> I filmed it up. Don't worry. Just uh, come on. I just wanted to go to McDonald's and and get them (laughs) before I got arrested. That's all. But guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for the end. The saddest part of the show where I have to let 
my king go robbery at delta we know mike nhc prefers reality tv to reality so we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment on the next flight 8c is mandy a foodie so we offer all types of food options because at delta everyone flies their own way delta keep climbing life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And we're back and it's time for Scammer of the Week. The Red Power Ranger has been arrested by the F, the B, and the I because of COVID-related fraud. I hope that they were in the Red Power Ranger suit at the time. <laughs> Say, it's morphin' time! Oh, this, what are you getting in trouble for? Uh, COVID fraud. COVID fraud. That's yeah. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> Shame on the power. I always, you know, I always knew something was sus about him. They said it's prison time. Oh, hmm. no. I hate to see it. So August St. John, real name Jason Lawrence Geiger, fake name Jason Lee Scott, a lot of names, that's how we know you do crime, has allegedly attempted to defraud the PPP program with 17 other defendants. So these PPP frauds, they keep coming out where people try to get that loan for the farm that they didn't own. Yeah, I mean, from what I understand, it's uh, they gave those loans to a lot of people and a lot of people probably didn't deserve them. Yeah. Uh, But they got them technically. The government was overloaded. They were too busy. So they were just like, approved, approved, approved. I don't know. Just get back to work, y'all. I know we yeah. dying, but get back to capitalism. They didn't really they didn't really think about it. They didn't really think it through. At if, all. If they did, then there was a scam on purpose to give uh, money to all the corporate people in a way that... Mm-hmm. I mean, what is the government if not a scam persevering? Beautiful. You should get that tattoo. <laughs> So the group received more than $3.5 million across 16 separate small business loans and subsequently spent the money on various personal purchases. The scheme was allegedly led by two (laughs) ringleaders, Michael Hill and Andrew Moran, who arranged for the loans to be dispersed and paid in private accounts. A statement has been released by Austin's Instagram. Not a statement by his Instagram. (laughs) Not the iOS press release. Everything is untrue. Oh, oh, let me edit this post real quick. Right. <laughs> Everything is slightly true. <laughs> right. Everything is um, adjacent to true. Right. <laughs> Do we have it? Do we have the IG post? Right. Uh, I, I don't have the IG post, but the, he stated that um, he was implying that he was being manipulated by third parties into making bad financial decisions. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> he said it wasn't even my fault. They did it. They did it. So Mr. John, at 47, began his career as the original Red Power Ranger in the early 90s and has since voiced the character for a number of video games and TV series. If he's convicted, defendants each face up to 20 years in federal prison. That is too long in prison for this. Yeah, it sounds like, well, I mean, they're going to make an example out of him, but uh, if it's true, yeah. but, uh, it feels like if that's happening to you, that at some point you got to know you don't have 27 assistants. <laughs> what are these guys building right. the government for? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh we, have, we, have, we have three personal trainers on, on you know, like right. at I our feel, company. I feel like it was also shady to him. They're like, the Red Power Ranger from the 90s? Yeah, no, audit his ass. He talking about he got a business? A business yeah. business? No. It was, it was over for him when he had the picture with his... Uh, Helmet. Um, that's when you know... That was the beginning of the end for that guy. So. I mean, I do hate that that's his job where, like, you're famous at that time, but no one knows what you look like, so you have to walk around with a helmet. <laughs> it's me. It's me, wanna, y'all. Do you want a picture? <laughs> Twelve dollars. <laughs> Come on, I got employees to feed. He's that Nobu holding the helmet. Like, are y'all sure y'all can't get me in? <laughs> I'm a bad pal. All five of us need to be here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't know who I am. Hold on, let me go to my car and get my helmet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna call my friends. <laughs> I'm about to morph on you. Yeah. It's morphing time, bitch. Oh, you're, I you're love it. This. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so fun. We always ask, where do you want to be found? Right now, I'd love for everyone to watch my YouTube special, Thank You, China. It's on YouTube. Type in Thank You, China. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very simple to find. Thank you in China. The government might track you if you type that into your computer. But... Just, no. <laughs> just, just do it. It's worth. They're already tracking. 
We owe them a lot of money. So, yes. you know, it makes sense. And any socials, anywhere that people can follow you? I'm on TikTok, Instagram, all that on at Finding Me Mesh. N-I-M-E-S-H. Yes, Finding Me Mesh. Oh, I love that. I love that you got that handle before anyone else. Oh, well, uh, I was years ahead of my time. Still am. <laughs> And guys, <laughs> you, I, I believe you. As always, snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. Just make sure the scam is retired because we don't want to what? Yes, fuck up your bag. If you want to find us and the photos from this episode, Scam Goddess Pod on all platforms. If you want to find me, D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey on all platforms. All of season two of iCarly is streaming now. Binge it! Congregation, stay scheming. Scam Goddess! This has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess. It's produced by Judith Cargbo, engineered by Marina Pais, and researched by Kaylin Brandt. Stay scheming! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.